Game over. User wins. Back to Alphanumeric, the weekly Lasercomb podcast where we talk about reboot and all things related to it. I am one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I'm another host, NeoCal. I am another host, AP Snidler. And I'm your other host, Lady Glitch. This week on Alphanumeric, uh, we're done talking about season three of uh, Reboot. Longest fucking season in the entire series. <laughs> Uh, so we thought this was a good time to to do another uh, season wrap up, and uh, we're also going to be dedicating uh, a good chunk of this show to answering your questions that you submitted to us on Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and e- even email. Thank you, by the way, for your participation. Yes, thank yes. you. There might be yeah, a little something something uh, in it for. All of you at the end of this. So, hold up, indeed. You got an email. <laughs> I, I do have an email. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, I meant you received an email. I did. Asking. Yeah. Oh. Well, Literally. look at us. <laughs> look at us. Literally, Literally, the the second email I've received relating to this show. I've gotten quite a few emails now uh, relating to uh, too much energy on. Mine and Cal's Beast Wars podcast. But Our first one was the best. Our first one was <laughs> the best, indeed. Uh, I have all of these, like, screenshotted on my phone, so I apologize. I'm going to be uh, looking down at my phone a lot to read these out. So, Fair. It, it's not... Uh, so, apologies to my co-hosts and to anyone watching this. I'm not... Uh, I'm not... Uh, Look at looking at my phone for uh, nefarious purposes. He's doing legitimate journalism, folks. Doing <laughs> legitimate journalism. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what question are we going to start with here? That let's one. Start, let's start with something dumb. Uh, reboot talk at reboot cartoon on Twitter says, "If you were a giant-sized puzzle, what would your picture be?" What the. F- like I said, we're starting with with a dumb one. If we were a giant-sized puzzle, why does the size of the puzzle matter? Um, does it, do they mean everything is very big or so. number of pieces? Because everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah. Do they mean do they mean the number <laughs> of pieces? Like, huh? yeah, or yeah, do they mean right. like actual like size? Actual size. Let's go with that. I'd go with like a big four by why eight. Not, on why the not wall. both? Why not both? A big puzzle Whoa! with a shit ton of pieces. Or a thousand piece puzzle that goes on the wall. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so what, um, so what, what would the picture be? Uh, let's start with uh, Lady Glitch. See, I think mine would end up being a in a coffee shop and it's just latte art in coffee mugs. Nice. I like that. Yeah. You get a very oh. warm vibe from it and then have like books and candles and stuff so it's kind of like dark academia themed 
Are you sure you're not from the West Coast? Because that's the most <laughs> that's thing like I've the ever most heard. Most West Coast thing I've ever heard. I am Love not. It. I am from the East Coast. Yes. Well, you would love Oregon or Seattle <laughs> or BC. <laughs> Well, my dad grew up in Puget Sound, so I kind of have a little bit of Western in me. There you uh, go. There yeah. it is. There it is. There right it is, there, folks. Yeah. We're, do, we're doing some legitimate journalism here. Yes, we are. Again, we're getting the you case. the answers. Getting you the A's for your cues. See, that sounds like a puzzle I'd like doing, and now I feel bad about my answer. <laughs> oh, no. Because well, mine Neo, would be... NeoCal, you have an answer, so uh, what would your what would Mine your would be, be a three-foot wide, six-foot tall of Nullzilla. <laughs> and do you know how hard it would be in that finding those pieces in like a running man <laughs> yeah doing like a weird pose um do you know how hard it would be finding all the pieces of the multicolored nulls that like make up the body it'd be nightmarish it'd be a fool's errand like trying to find <laughs> so that's what i would inflict that's what i would inflict upon the puzzle participant like finding a null in a stack of nulls. <laughs> like finding a certain colored null in a stack. Maybe hack and slasher on the side, pointing. <laughs> there he is! <laughs> That's not him! <laughs> uh, Sniddler, what would, what would your puzzle picture be? Oh my gosh. My puzzle, I would, you know, I would proudly have up on my wall, I would, I would you know, finish it with like shellac and glue and stuff hang it up but it would probably have to be a uh nude portrait of mouse descending a staircase <laughs> is it yeah. sensibly nude like almost nude like she's turning she'd, and covering she'd be she'd be yeah kind of like she's you know, being like, drawn like one of uh leo's french models yeah 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 but she'd have her sword and she'd be kind of so nothing but boots and the sword sure i can get behind that and whatever's in her hair. I bet Sniddler could get behind that, too. I could oh. get behind that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Speaking of, this is a mouse-colored drink here, so I'm going to drink some. I approve. It's purple. Yes. Yes. It looks black in this purple. Purple yeah. Yeti in yeah. It looks like you're drinking black Ooh. sludge on my... <laughs> yeah, that's what it looks like... Uh... <laughs> On my oh, end damn. as well. Because I was going to say black power. Holy oh, cow, I, where did you get that? I, I have something purple too. Hey! hey. Behold, Galvatron. Oh, you guys are wrapping my favorite color. I'm so proud of you. It is you. It is me. <laughs> yes. I have nothing purple. I, I have a lot of blue going on here. Well, blue's next a to lot of blue. blue. There I'm you all go. gray. Christopher Siege. What's your Giant puzzle. Uh, my giant puzzle would be a big ass uh, like wall scroll type thing. Uh, it would be a picture of me wearing all black and a leather jacket with some kind of like hype, like mechanical, like arm thing, like doing a fist and with like a really like intimidating facial expression. And some like Blade Runner type shit in the background. Awesome. Nice. So, awesome. so any picture in the early two thousands of Christopher Siege, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh. uh, Lady Glitch. Uh, moving on to the next question. You said you had a couple queued up. 
Yes, I do. I'm actually sticking with Reboot Talk. He also asked us another question. Oh. Truth oh or dare? Truth or dare? Okay. Truth or dare? That's not how this... Sniddler, do you remember this exchange? <sighs> it was a few weeks ago, so... It was a while back, yeah. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I said. Truth Truth or or dare? Dental. So that's all that. Yeah. He just said truth or dare? Oh, no, no, no. I I, I said, I think I said dare, and then I said be gentle. Well, what did he dare you to do then? I have no idea. I have no idea. I I never heard back. Maybe he was scared. Maybe he was intimidated by my. That's not Why really me? how this game works. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to give me a dare. I didn't do a dare. I didn't get a dare. Oh, okay, well... He dared on... to kill a king's dare. Rebo the... Talk, if you're listening, the answer is dare. I'll be waiting to hear from you. There, there you go. That's the okay. question. Christopher yes. Seed, truth or dare? Truth. Lady Glitch, truth or dare? Truth. Neo Cal, I choose dare. So... There you go. Yeah, a sport dare, answer, dare. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Two of us chose dare and truth, two, truth. two of us chose truth. Okay, so Reboot Talk. Uh, reach you out did. to us on social media and uh, ask us some truths and, and dish dares. out some dares. You're not here with us, so we can't really play this game on the show. <laughs> well, they, they, it's a, they it could is ask anything. a question. And that's it's what they have. Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Um... Sniddler or Siege. Hmm. Queuing up another question. Uh, I've got... Oh, sorry. Oh, have you got one? I've got a question here from Jeff E. Spokes Gaming. Okay, On Twitter. What is is your favorite game from Reboot or favorite user, in parentheses? Uh, I have... Oh, there's a couple of questions on here. Sorry. Let's start with the first one. Okay, so the first one. What is your favorite game or favorite user? Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? Uh, my favorite game is uh, uh, Evil Dead, Evil Doom, from uh, the the first episode of season three. Easily, yeah. um, it, running around saying corpses. Corpses. Yeah, malicious, malicious corpses. corpses. Evil yeah. Doom. That's that was a great one. Wait, well, malicious well, corpses. That's, that's a that's a huge favorite of mine as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Easy peasy. I love I, I love Evil Dead and I loved Doom growing yeah. up, and it's a mix of those two things. And uh, uh, Enzo being a little like Michael Jackson zombie, and uh, uh, Dot being Elvira, like it's oh, great. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cal, what's uh, yours? See, I want to say something else, but Dot with heavy mascara and fishnets <laughs> really. <laughs> it, uh, that's not part like, of the game. Really Those trying are to. Those are the sprites, okay? So my favorite game on the show, mm. no, probably not in real life, was the underwater one where they were like shark people. That was sweet. Oh yeah. Where Andrea is introduced. That, that's a good choice. I, I really like the um uh the 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 color palette and the aesthetics of that yeah. game. And um despite it being a water level, terrible in video games, I hate water levels. Um the flow of the plot for that amped up well and it introduced andrea really well and so i've got because that episode was so good i feel like i really like the game but if you dissect the game it's just the user being a shark moving from point a to b yeah 
So the Mortal Kombat one, um, what was that called? Immortal mm-hmm. Conflict. Immortal Conflict, right? <laughs> that one looks the coolest, but my mm-hmm. favorite episode of a game is uh, the, the Sharky Andrea episode. Okay. Nice. Cool. Lady Glitch? I'll go with um, the Wizards Warriors. So the D&D type thing in season one. Oh, yeah. Wizards, Wizards Warriors and a word from our sponsor. sponsor. Yep. Hey, it slices, dices, cuts, copies, paste. Yeah. That, I liked I, I liked the, uh, the the transition screens in that episode the like dual fist with the dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> music. <laughs> like if I was ever trapped in that game, I would like the three of you to be along with it because it would just be that much more fun. Well, that would be a fun like little RPG thing. Yeah, yeah that would be the yeah. funnest for us four to go into. Yes. That'd be sweet. I think whenever I come to visit Victoria, which hopefully is soon, we need to find an escape room for the four of us to do. <gasps> that would be that would be pretty awesome. There's a bunch of them downtown. I can yeah. hold my ADD enough to. There, <laughs> there's there's bad and good, right? Okay. Like sometimes I'll just like walk over and like fiddle with something and open it and like skip twenty minutes, and then other times I'll be like looking at something and I'll be like. Oh, what's eight plus twelve? <laughs> so I, I I have strengths and weaknesses, and I think it would round out well with you three in an yeah. escape room. Okay. <laughs> I am pretty good uh, at problem solving. Midler. Hmm. Oh, what's my favorite? Oh, jeez. Uh Snidler, one, the man who read the question. The man who read the question. Um, I am a huge fan of malicious corpses because uh, I just love Evil Dead and I love uh, uh, the Bruce Campbell groovy character. Um, groovy man. <laughs> uh, what else? There was um, another one that sticks out for me is Starship Alcatraz. And I know it was like kind of... Banana? I don't, I don't know. It was like... Uh, there was a lot of running and jumping and figuring stuff out and yeah, shooting things with big guns and stuff. And that was like the that was like one that stuck out to me as as a kid. Yeah, that's so, my number two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Just I forgot watching... about the Mad Max one and Bad Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. Uh, the the next part of uh, Jeff E's question and. Uh, all of us can answer, but this see, this is definitely aimed specifically at me and Cal. Uh, who is your favorite Maximal from Beasties? In brackets, Canadian here. So by yeah. Beasties, he means Beast Wars. Yeah. Lady Glitch, quickly Google Maximals, Beast Wars, look at their pictures, and then get back to us and we'll come to you last. Theodore, he's the cutest. Theodore, there you go. Christopher, we got Theodore. her answer. <laughs> uh, uh, Snidler, did you watch Beast Wars enough to answer? This? Oh yeah, uh, I loved I loved Rat Trap, and I liked um, I liked um, uh, um, uh, Primal. And yeah, Gorilla also, Man. Also a huge fan, of friend of the Primal. show, Gary Primal. Oh yeah. <laughs> also uh, a big fan of uh, of um, of Megatron. Well, he is a Predacon. So yeah. he does not count. He's no. not a Maximal. Still, though. I'd rather yeah. die before joining the Maximals. But I'd much uh, prefer them to die. 
<laughs> uh, NeoCal, uh, who is your favorite Maximal from uh, from Beasties? From Beasties. Also, Jeff E. We are also Canadians. Yes. When when I was a kid, I liked Cheetor the most. Mm-hmm. And then we started watching them, and I'm like, oh, I really like um, uh, Tigatron and um, Rhinox and and Primal more now that I'm older, and I appreciate them being responsible. But Christopher and I recently just wrapped up Beast Wars, the mm-hmm. behemoth of Beast Wars. It took a year. We we did it, folks. We did. And I'm still going like, with too much energy on. And I kind of like Cheetor again. <laughs> like it's come full full circle. <laughs> it's the cats. It's it's a tie between Tigatron and, and Cheetor, but if I had to choose. I am like a kindred spirit with Tigatron. He respects nature. He likes being away from the ship, like doing his own thing. Yeah. And that means he's absent from most episodes, but I I dig Tigatron. I can see his his personality, what you just described, as being you, Cal. Because, I mean, you leave your phone alone for a week, and we all think you, like, died. But you're all, just off being in nature. And trying not to let the sun burn me because my skin of, is made of sweet, sweet, thin porcelain. <laughs> yes. Um, thin Christopher porcelain. Siege, favorite Maxipal. So when I was a kid, my favorite character all around on the show was Dinobot. And he joined the Maximals, so he counts. He, he fucking is- counts. He fucking counts. He's a Maximal. He, he Fuck, died. I forgot about that. Technically, he's a Maximal, right? He died with honor, and his spark joined the Matrix. Fight me. Um, Shit. And only the Maximals joined? The- no, all living things rejoined that, the Matrix. That's something that they established in War for Cybertron, which I kind of like more than the I like it more too. Like, kind of black yeah. and white like duality like nature of like the good bu- good guys versus bad guys and yeah. the OG Transformer shows. Um anyway, so Dinobot was my favorite as a kid, like hands down like by a wide margin. Love Dinobot. And I still do. Um watching the show as an adult though, I've come to really vibe with Rhinox. Right? Like like Rhinox, he's this big, like lumbering guy, but he's also really inte- like he's pretty intelligent, but he's not like genius level smart. So he can yeah. figure most things out, but like he's also smart enough to know like when he has no idea like what the fuck to do. That's and, the sign of intelligence when you know that you can't do something. And eventually, <laughs> like as a, especially in later seasons of the show, he starts getting to a point where he clearly like is giving no fucks anymore and is running out of patience with all of this. <laughs> and I just I, I I love it. I love Rhinox. So yours is is Rhinox. My mine is Rhinox now. I I never would have expected that as a child, I... but but uh, yeah, Rhinox. Rhinox is great. Uh, finally, the last part. Oops. Just saying. The the final part of uh, Jeff E's multi tiered question is: He wants to know our favorite songs. Oh boy, here we go. Oh, just oh like my. in general. Yeah. Hmm. Well, for me, it all depends on the mood I'm in. Because sometimes I'll just binge a genre like on loop. 
or a certain song on loop, like forever until I'm I get bored. I'm going to add an addendum. We're only allowed to choose two. Okay. I have four time favorite. Three. I only have three. I, I'm going to go, let, let's say three. Oh, okay, like fine. three, three all time, three of all time, yeah. Of all time, okay. I've got, I've got, and more. like, okay, so like to with this, like, it's like this is a very much a question, like for me anyway, like asking my favorite movie. My immediate like follow up response is what genre, what genre, what decade. That's what, yeah. So that was what lady glitch was saying she's like hold on wait a second yeah so like this is kind of just like going to be like for me anyway like what pops into my head as like songs that like are favorites that i've listened to for a very very long time so it's not it's by no means like a definitive like top three or anything like that but it's yeah ones that we like yeah or love or love uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I got mine written now. Oh. All right. Go ahead. All right. Take so, um, I listen to everything. Um, right now, what I've got spinning on repeat, One Day by Trading Yesterday. It is the backing track for one of my favorite reboot AMVs that's on YouTube. And it's just an eargasm for me with the way the chords progress and stuff. So, yay. And nice. second one, I'm really getting back into like metal and like hard rock. So, Scarlet Cross by Black Veil Brides. Nice. And overall, as kind of like a me song, I actually kind of got inspired by you, Cal, with what you sent me today as like your theme song. Um, mine's going to have to be Turn the Page by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. How do you feel about the Metallica cover of that song? There's a Metallica cover of that song? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, they they recorded a uh, a covers album back in like 1997 or 98 called Garage Inc. Okay. I'm going to have to look that one up. But yeah, I feel like that one just kind of reflects my life the most, so cuz I'm always on the road. So there's right. my three. Who wants to go next? You go, Siege. Sure, why not? Yay! Um, gonna go with uh, "Death in Fire" by Amana Marth. Mm-hmm. Amana Marth is my favorite band of all time, like hands down. Been listening to them for nearly twenty years now, and "Death in Fire" was the first song of theirs I ever heard, and it still is one of the even after all this time is still one of the the top tracks of theirs that I listen to. Um. I'm also going to go with, I'm going to go with a weird one here, uh, by Power Glove, the Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon theme. I adore that song, and that song actually kind of introduced me to Synthwave, which opened like a completely like new genre of music for me back in the early 2010s. Actually, and I both ex- found like... New Age synthwave at the same time, so I have fond memories of of us talking about that. Um, and finally, oh boy, um, oh boy, indeed. Oh boy, oh boy. 
The first thing that pops into my head is Phaeton by Kronos. They're a uh, French death metal band. Ooh. But I, but also I'm like uh, in the constellation of the Black Widow by Anal Nathrak. But then I'm like, do I want to go with another metal song, or do I want to go with a Fear Factory song? Because Fear Factory was my favorite band uh, during my high school years. They fucking suck now, but they <laughs> they they were an important part of my adolescence. Um. Do I want to go with an Ailstorm song because they're my second favorite band? Mm-hmm. Mm, shanties are all the rage right now, so. Hmm. Mm, indeed. Yes. <laughs> Let's. Um. This is creating dead air. So if someone else, we'll we'll come back to me if someone else has some uh some tracks they want to name. I have a very strange, um. Uh, taste in music. I listen to everything from classical to metal to folk. Like one minute I'll be listening to uh, Grieg's piano concerto and A minor. And then I'll be listening to um, If I Had a Million Dollars by Bare Naked Ladies. So <laughs> I, um, hate, I hate that song. <laughs> I um, um It has but, been established but, on but, these shows uh, that Christopher Siege hates fun. <laughs> I, um, my, one of the top of the top favorite song, well, uh, well, what, what, one of them is going to have to be, uh, Xanadu by not, um, the musical Xanadu. (laughs) (laughs) Not that Xanadu, Xanadu by Rush, by Rush. That is a okay. okay. Shut the hell up. <laughs> um, Sorry, as um, soon as you said that, I was just thinking Olivia Newton-John, like, and wait, I'm like, no, dude. Came on at work actually, and I was like, no. Oh no, way. no, I, I. Yeah. That song is delightful, and I like it. Like, it, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. <laughs> sorry. Continue. Xanadu by Xanadu. Xanadu. That's a song I want played at my funeral, if and when that ever happens. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that. That's I mean, that is going to happen time. to all of us eventually. <laughs> eventually, but you know, hopefully not tomorrow. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Um, this we're some wood, damn it. Um. Yeah. Wow. What else do I got? There's a band called Five Iron Frenzy, and they play. Uh, a lot of awesome songs, so it's really kind of uh, they're they're like kind of like uh, goofy punk rock and ska, but uh, Cannonball is a good one, and then there is um... oh man, everything everything is escaping me right now. This is a really loaded question. Well, anyway, I I actually thought of my third one, so if you okay. would like a, a moment, okay, to yeah, think about yeah, it. go. So. There's a little bit of a story. I'm going to take you on a, a journey through time and space, if you will. A little, little Mighty Boosh reference there for uh, us. <laughs> Is it Nanagannon? Uh, uh, no, it's actually not related to the Mighty Boosh at all. Okay. Just uh, they, the beginning of every episode is like, uh, come with us now on a journey through time and space. Um, anyway, so back in 
early 2008, uh, and this actually kind of relates to, to Ale Storm, but it's not an Ale Storm song. So back in early 2008, I believe it was March 25th or 26th, somewhere around there, uh, me and some friends went to a ministry concert in Vancouver at the Croatian Cultural Center, which is where all of the metal shows were at that point in time. I like this it, story. It was literally just like a giant, it looked like a giant school gymnasium with like a, yeah. like a shitty stage on it. Yeah. I uh, saw so many bands there. saw Monomarth there, saw uh, Ministry, like as I said, Ministry, I saw Belfagor, like so many bands. Um, and Sephirum. Um But yeah, so uh, Ministry was playing there that night. And uh, after the show, the next day, we went into a, uh, at what used to be a quite uh, famous uh, Vancouver rec record store, uh, Scrape Records. They're not around anymore, as far as I know, unfortunately, but uh, they were a pretty big part of the, the Vancouver music scene at the time. We went into Scrape Records the, the next day, and playing overhead was a song from a... Like, it was a metal song, but it was unlike anything I had ever heard before. And I was so curious about it that I actually asked the, the guy working there. I'm like, what the hell is, what is this playing? He's like, oh, it's this album. It actually just came out today. And I'm like, and he told me the name of the band. And I'm like, can you spell that for me? Because I want to write it down because I want to check the band out. And eventually, uh, and we kept like, uh, looking around browsing the store and eventually as we were about to leave i'm like you know what fuck it like give me that cd like i'm gonna buy it mm -hmm. and the song that was playing was woden hearst by heidewolk mm -hmm. which are a dutch folk metal band the album it had just came out it. that day the album's name was Saxonland. it is one of my favorite albums of all time Awesome. And it introduced me to the wonderful and diverse genre of music that is folk metal. Which awesome. in turn then led me to discover Ailstorm shortly thereafter. That is wow. so... So, yeah. And uh, I have Rune tattooed on me. This is kind of okay. awkward, but if you're watching this on video... Uh, the runes translate to Wodenhirst. I actually like I, I have a rune book, a book of like how to like how to translate runes. And I actually like uh like drew out Woden I use this book to draw Wodenhirst in Nordic runes myself. Cool. That's badass. This uh incidentally yeah. enough, this tattoo was done by my ex-wife, so I always like to joke that she scarred me for life. <laughs> nice. Uh. All right, Cal. You've been kind of quiet doing your research. Yeah, he, he's I, been he's been hard at it. He's been legitimately journalisming. Legitimate <laughs> journalism. Um. Yeah, I narrowed it down to, like you said, you you can't you can't actually come up with your favorites. You just got to go with what pops nope. up in your head. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And. Okay, I need to cut it down to three. Uh, four? Three. Yes. Four, three, three, yes. Um, but I also really like Laserhawk. Damn it. Uh, okay. Three, four, three. 
Um, the times they are changing by Bob Dylan. Uh, it's one of those things I don't like listen to every day, but like every like couple months I'll listen to it and I'll be like, man, this one man band is amazing. That song was used very well, very effectively during the opening credit sequence of Watchmen. Yes. Um, was it Bob Dylan or was it like a different cover? No, it was Bob Dylan. Yeah, it was the original. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Dylan. Um, and then, uh, perfect circle. They have a song called disillusioned, which jives with me because it's kind of about like lying on the grass and unplugging from the silicone obsession. And uh, which I, I am fond of. <laughs> and, As I'm looking at my Apple Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and Well, you can use technology, but like, I mean, if you don't go and like touch the grass every day, I not to sound like a spiritual like hipster or whatever, but I think you're worse for it. <laughs> you, you need to find your uh, techno-organic balance, if you will. You need to find a techno-organic balance. Yes, that ma that that makes the strongest maximal. Mm -hmm. um, Damn, bringing out the deep shit. And and um, or just a little band these machines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a little band called The Cure. Um, and I've narrowed it down to Love Song. I'm a big fan of The Cure. Oh yeah, okay. uh, yeah. It's a I, I like quite a bit of their music as well. Yeah, they're. I found them later in my life in like late 20s and I was like I, pop like goth like pop like I I love these guys I they don't have a genre but I I love them <laughs> uh their their song burn that's in the crow soundtrack the crow that was almost my my choice here the in that movie like I when he's like song. going like when he's sorting out his memories of like him and Shelley's murder and like the music kind of just fades in and he punches the mirror and then oh, the, like he hype. starts like paint he starts like painting his face and then the music like kicks in full with the every night riff. i burn yeah every night so i call your name yeah it's, Le it's legitimately heavy. one of the one of the greatest movies of all time in my opinion mm. Uh, have has everyone here seen the the crow? Yes. Yes. I I love it. <laughs> yeah, I I I fucking adore that movie. Simple premise, doesn't need to be deep, and it it just does what it wants. Dude murdered by bad guys. He come back. He scary crow man. He kill. I, I don't need it to be deeper. Than... But he's still nice. He's still good. <laughs> yeah. And we did it. Uh, yeah. Snidler, did you uh, name all of your choices? I, I, no, but it's kind of impossible. It, uh, the the first one do? that came to mind is the, probably the most powerful song I can think of in terms of uh, composition. Um, it's like a 12 minute long song, but it doesn't feel that at all. You kind of don't want it to end, but it tells Leonard, a magnific Freebird. magnificent story. No. Of, of, of Xanadu, and that that's 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 my choice. That's one of my, that's probably right. one of my all time favorite songs, Xanadu by Rush. Cool. Look it up. Nice. You'll be changed forever. And of all the songs, I don't know who Rush is. I 
I think Watch, worth I love at. you, man, and you will then know who Rush is. You'll know who Rush is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All Rush all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you will you will know the, 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 the glory no of slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. Anyone who, who knows me and like I've even mentioned it on this fucking show before, but I I, I That's love a great movie. movie. I love you, man. It's oh, yeah. I I think it's one of the best comedies of the 21st century. It's extremely formulaic. Oh yeah, it, fo- it follows the buddy co- the, the buddy comedy formula like yeah. to a T. But it just it does well. it so well. Yeah, and the like the the two leads in that film are just so are just oozing with chemistry and charisma that it's it's the movie's a joy. I yeah. love it. It's a joy. Um, joy. I think. We have a, we answered that, that question. I think so. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. Um, right. A Patreon question from oh. our twenty-five dollar patron. Uh, she goes by the name uh, Game Sprite Mode. Yeah, sweet. Hey, yeah, huge shout out to her. She supports us on uh, Patreon for at the top tier and has for a couple months now. Before that, she even bought one of our T-shirts. Like she's uh, and she's, she's a metalhead. She's a and she's a fucking metalhead too. So we like put a, food yeah. on Christopher Siege's table. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out, big shout out to you. You're 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 cool. We're I, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah, you're um, the but uh, she asks uh, if you could be any reboot character for a day, who would you be and why? Ooh. Who wants to start this one? Holy shit. shit. Um. Uh, hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. All right. I'll go first. I'll go with the Andrea. I it's knew all- it. I knew it. Of course you knew it. Yeah, of course I knew it. We all knew it. <laughs> okay. Um. But why? Dot gif. But why? Um. <laughs> well, why? One. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> but um. Hmm. Is it because she's athletic and doesn't take shit? Yes, yes. And I can practice pole vaulting with a trident over walls. Fucking trident. I'm and... surprised she doesn't have a Xena Warrior Princess move even once. And right. yeah. over she plants it in the ground and Yes. That's pretty much it, yeah. That outfit's pretty banging too, so Yeah. That's that's true. If you mm. went out like on on a stage mm. doing a set like with that, that is that's top tier cosplay. I yeah. might have to do that on on the stage I work at. So unfortunately, yeah. I don't like. She was rocking this... yoga pants before that was like the norm. Even... Oh, they're, yeah. they're pleather. They're pleather. Come come now. <laughs> they're yoga pants. I, I feel like that would they're, be wasted yeah. effort on the clientele. Like I'm not expecting any one person to like stand up and go reboot. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Well, they can think whatever they want. <laughs> I know it's reboot. Okay, that's fair. You're yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, doing it for you, not for them. Exactly. Uh, Snidler. reboot character for a day. We are we in the real world or are we in reboot as Ooh. that character? Because that's that's a thing. You know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay. Matrix. Renegade. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. 
I uh, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool to have a, a cool bionic eye that like zeroes in on whatever you're doing or killing or whatever. You know, having a gun, a basically a smartphone gun. You know, smart gun targets everything. A smart gun, yeah. smartphone gun. <laughs> things do everything. Um, he does come with a lot of emotional baggage, though. That's so true. Would you, would you want to take that on? Yes, because speaking you know, as someone I, I who think... has a lot of emotional baggage, it's not <laughs> a lot of fun. Oh, get to know me, bud. <laughs> um, I um, I feel like, like much like he learned to control it, kind of as in in the show. That kind of um, just to a certain extent, I can kind of relate to like certain things that Enzo feels and um, uh, certain things that he's been through, I suppose, emotionally. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like I could take that on because a lot like him, I've learned how to manage my rage and manage my anger, um, like be a monster and totally control. You know, being being able to like control myself. In Despite all my rage, I am still just Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Basically. So, so Sniddler, you're and, just um, a monstrous teddy bear. Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I can um you know I will I'm capable of fucking shit up, but I'm uh, still very much a uh, friendly dude. Yeah. Still still that still that, you know, kid, if you will. The Siegeler. Well, that was yes. deeper than I expected. This is a, and thank you, Sniddler. Uh, interesting. Welcome. Your reasons are much different than I, I would have would have thought. Uh, <clears throat> the Siege. What? Who would you be for a day, Mike? The and TV. Why is it hexadecimal? I would be Mike the TV because he is charismatic, talkative, and spouts pop culture references. Awesome. A lot of you are choosing characters that are like you. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises me. <laughs> You're a mouse, aren't you? No. I mean, not. my next choice was going to be like really boring, like like really boring and obvious. Like, I'd be Bob. I love Bob. He's like... Yeah. You have Glitch, man. Yeah, he has Glitch. He's also just like a really nice guy. He's like kind of a doofus at times, but like he, he tries his best all the time. Yeah, whatever. I'll go with I'll go with Bob. Sure. No, I like oh, my okay. because it's like you, you be fun. Be Mike. Uh I'll be like Mike. Yeah. I was going to say um Matrix, but for like completely different reasons than the Sniddler listed. Um, I was gonna be like, oh, Matrix, because he's like fucking like jacked and he can punch down doors. Doesn't well, he fucks? Obviously, like, that's a good he, reason. And doesn't afraid of anything. And he doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> um But then I was like, well, that's just that's shallow like thinking. You just want to be like a jacked dude who can punch down steel doors. And you know what? I would be hexadecimal for a day. All right. Nice. She can fucking fly. She can teleport people. Literally gives no fucks. Has the power to destroy or like 
change or create or like whatever and just have no idea what's like going on in her head so if i was hex for a day i could feel fabulous and experience what it's like to be a crazy virus there you go a crazy milk virus with some sweet i thought you were gonna say nullzilla for a minute That would be Nullzilla. Nullzilla for a is day. actually an entity comprised of millions of nulls. So technically, and therefore you are not actually a character in of himself. Thank you, um, Mr. Actually. Christopher. Actually. <laughs> and that's my answer. Well, uh, in that line of thinking, I would be the like fake Megazord slash Megatron. The Bonnie. Gundam robot. Yeah. It's not a Gundam <laughs> robot. It looks like it's it. It's a combiner. Combiner. Yeah. yeah. Okay, definitely Megazord. Okay, super, uh, super. Yeah, yeah. Well, if we're gonna get real and... deep, I'm gonna go back to mine and say about Andrea. She's always on the back end doing logistical work, which I prefer rather than being out in the open. And she can adapt to any situation, which I find myself really good at doing. So, boom. Nice. Thanks. I just uh, wanna. I just went for the one that would be the weirdest. That's cool. That's also kind of why I chose Mike. Today. If I were a mouse, I would pose for that picture of the puzzle that I want to hang on my wall. You would take pictures of yourself, mail it to you, and then when you you change bodies back, you go, hey, I got these pictures of mouse. Hey, (laughs) check me out on OnlyFans. All right. Okay. (laughs) Cash me outside. How about that? (laughs) Where are we now? question uh okay let's go with uh chris g on youtube asks do you find there is much this is actually a good one since we're uh, a mix of canadians and americans Mm. Uh, do you find there is much difference between canadian and american fans of reboot or fans in general Uh, i'm gonna start by answering um specifically as it pertains to reboot Reboot has this weird, like, it lives in this, like, weird place in, like, millennial pop culture where it's, like, kind of considered as, like, part of Canadiana in the 90s. Yeah. Like, it, it's a very, like, for, for Canadian millennials, like, it's this very, like, beloved, like, Canadian thing. Like, Which is weird to me that most of our listeners are American then, but. Um, oh, their population's and, way, way bigger. True. Um, Mm. And I can't speak to what it's like for American millennials, which uh, Lady Glitch, you definitely can. Uh But I suspect that's probably not the case. Whereas you say to like, like just about like fucking anyone, any Canadian who's like in their 30s, like you mentioned Reboot and they're like, yeah, Reboot. That's true. Any Canadian in their 30s, they they know Reboot. Whereas I feel like it's more niche in the U.S. It is. Yeah, um, de- we, definitely. We got our reboot relatively late. I mean, it did show on ABC back in the early 90s, but we didn't really get introduced to it until it became on Toonami in 99. And then it kind mm-hmm. of got, it kind of went from there. But at the same time, when I was going through middle school, it's like, if you like nerdy shit, you got beat up. So I did not have a good experience liking nerd stuff and being public about it. 
So I didn't know I had fellow classmates that also was into that kind of stuff until like just very recently. We find each other on social media and they see that I'm doing a podcast. I'm like, oh my God, I love Reboot. I'm like, how did I not know this? You know, 15, 17 years ago. (laughs) So we were kind of a bunch of closeted nerds down here, but we also have found uh, through community on social media, through the Reboot Revival group, there is, there's a bunch of us. And we all interact with other people around the world, like Europe, Australia, obviously Canada, many of us in the States. So now that we're older and we can respect each other's nerdiness, it's become a much more pleasurable experience as an adult looking back and rewatching this very classic cartoon. Yeah. It's interesting how the, right. the, the, the losers are kind of like the people that make fun of people for liking things, but like in school, the cool kids were the ones that made fun of the other kids for liking things. Like yeah. D was a big, like a lot of people secretly want to play, but like nobody wants to admit it. Yeah. It but was weird. I was in a smaller school. There. Yeah. Same for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like everybody was interested, but like there'd be like three, four dudes who are like, Oh, you some like D and D nerd. What you, you want to stay a virgin your whole life? Yep. <laughs> I it's dealt weird, with that right? being uh, uh, growing up reading comic books. It's the same thing. See, it's I so don't... different now because I feel like we, our generation, was was kind of gypped because now it's super cool to be a nerd. It has been yeah. for like the last ten ish yeah. years, mm-hmm. right? But when we were growing we're up, it's like nerds. we're standing up. Video games are for like boys that don't want a girlfriend. Comics were for like mega dweebs, right? And Dungeons. Yeah. And dragons are for like antisocial like nerds that are never gonna yeah, date. And nowadays the biggest movie yeah. in yep. the world movies Especially like the, the biggest past, literally the highest year fucking Marvel comic book movie. Mm-hmm. And the all all of like the the t- people playing D anD I mean, it's great. Like, but st- but I'm still kind of like, what the fuck happened? Like, hey, where was this twenty years hey. ago? When when I was getting shit talked, I was comics. always bullied for watching Power Rangers, and I was bullied for watching Reboot. And you were bullied yeah, so for I... watching Power Rangers. Yeah. when I was in school, really? I... like you didn't admit. For some for some reason, I didn't meet a lot of people that liked it. Some people actually did like come to me quietly, like I'll be like going home for lunch, and they'll be like, "Aiden, wait up!" I'll be like, "What? What?" I'll be like, "I like Power Rangers." I'm just like, "Sweet, let's talk about this." (laughs) Weird. Everybody in my school back in like '93 liked Power Rangers. '93, '94. It was just a very very strange time. Yeah, we've made we've we've tabled a turn. You know? We've tabled the turns, folks. We've yep. We, it's like it's re, it's real revenge of the nerds, you know. We're standing out. <laughs> yeah. Except there's no revenge to be had. It's just us. It's just us wishing being that ourselves. We had been accepted yeah. sooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do, what do we got now? What a, what other? Well, the question that really only I can answer because why not? Mm-hmm. Um. Friend of the show. In fact, one of the best friends of the show, I would say. 
our boy Cone Killer Confusor. Uh, hey, man. Shout out to him. I, I believe he supports us on Patreon, too. Nice. Um, he asks, what is the inspiration behind Laser Comb? <laughs> now, I, I assume he means the uh, the name Laser Comb. So yes. that's that's what I'm going to that's the assumption that I'm going to work off of. So story here. Let me take you back. Once again, on a journey through time and space, back to ye old 2009. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, st- step through, step through the, uh, the, the Stargate with me and uh, go back to, to 2009. Turn back um, the clock and roll back the rock to the dawn of time. Yeah. And sock the sock and bop the bop and Sock and boppers and <laughs> really whips the llama's ass. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice win amp. <laughs> um, yeah, so back in 2009, uh, didn't know what podcasts were, never even heard of them. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I, I had an iPod and like I'd seen through iTunes, like there there was a podcast section like back in the mid 2000s but didn't didn't really think much of it and at the time i was like why would i want to listen to someone talk right I'm old <laughs> uh over a decade later um but my partner partner at the time got into podcasts because she was going on a her annual like uh family vacation with her family off to mexico which i was never invited to but that's another that's another story there. He's um, not salty about it at all. No, not at all. Mm. Um, but so she was looking for ways to to pass the time on the the flight, and she discovered podcasts. And when she came back, she was still in like she was still really into these podcasts that uh, that she had discovered, and. She was like, oh, you should check these out. And so I listened to a couple of the, the podcasts that she had been listening to and wasn't into them at all. But I, I kind of liked the concept after actually listening to it. And I uh, was really into, at the time, really into reading like video game news and whatnot. And I discovered that my favorite uh, gaming news website at the time, joystick with a Q, dot com, may she rest in peace. Uh, had a podcast of their own. And so I checked that out, and that was actually the first podcast that I really got into, and I became, like, I got really into it, and new episodes dropped every Friday, and it got to a point where I was, like, actively looking forward to a new episode of the Joystick Podcast. And so there was a segment on one episode of the Joystick Podcast, uh, which I am actually just going to play for you. So we uh, we can all listen to it together. Oh my God! We almost left without laser comb discussion. <gasps> we can't do that. We cannot ignore. Ludwig, that. why don't you close this out with just no, no uh, with well? Let me. You can read your response, and I'll and I'll read the first email. How's that sound? Just read right, part. So of we it. get. I get this email, and this is this is in line with the the don't chew dare marketing email that I got for yeah. some reason. How do, do how do I get on these people's lists? I don't know. I don't know. You're lucky. Um. You're gifted. 
Thanks to the scientists at Lexington International, another progression in technology is poised to change a popular mindset. The Hair Max Laser Comb is a handheld device <laughs> that, it, that has made low-level laser therapy accessible to men and women in their own homes, eliminating finally, finally eliminating low-level laser therapy. <laughs> Eliminating the powerlessness of those suffering from hair loss. For generations, yes. hair loss is um, – oh, this is from – this is a quote. For generations, hair loss has been perceived as something that people are basically defenseless against, says Lexington International CEO David Michaels. And one time, sufferer of hair loss, the hair max laser comb has changed that perception for those who use it. Drastic measures like surgery or baldness are no longer the only options when hair loss or thinning <laughs> I love how boldness is a drastic measure. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I'm losing my hair. Boldness is the next step. I have to do it. <laughs> five years later, he's bald. He's like, that was a bit – that was kind of a drastic measure. Very slow but drastic bald. measure. Um, right. So uh, so Ludwig gets this email, and he – I just got a response to it, too. It's oh, perfect. Fun. Right. Uh, okay, so, so – Ludwig responds <laughs> – Wait, um, wait. wait, so wait, this is, this is, keep in mind, this is the Hamax laser comb, it features lasers. So I, I responded to the lady who sent us this by saying, uh, I don't understand. Aren't lasers, also referred to as lasers, dangerous? I seem to recall that whenever they come into contact with spaceships in the movies, the result is a very large explosion. Is my head going to explode when I use the Hamax laser comb? I'd really like to try it if it's completely safe, since I'm certain that my coworkers have been making fun of my toupee behind my back. P.S. Will my wife be able to make use of this device? <laughs> <laughs> so you just got and, an email back? Uh, I did. Oh, the reply is, yes, it's true. <laughs> Lasers in the movies are usually bad news, but I assure you, in this case, Way. <laughs> in this case, they are completely safe. Also, your wife can indeed benefit from it as well. I've used it on my hair and noticed that. <laughs> and okay, that's got- improvement in overall manageability. <laughs> if you're interested in reviewing it, would it have a place on Joystick? <laughs> can, I, can I be the first to say, of course it would? <laughs> what? Holy crap! Where did the lasers even come out of? It's a comb. <laughs> I don't understand where it stores the lasers. Do they I like. The I like that. I like that she's already suspicious. Like that bald son of a bitch isn't gonna put it on his side. He just wants to fix his hair back. Hello, <laughs> laser comb. Like, do the tines of the comb have lasers coming out of them? I don't understand. Like, uh, that's why we gotta get one. Do whatever you have to, Ludwig. Whatever you have to. <laughs> to get a laser comb? Yeah, you gotta have a laser comb. I, I want the future running through my hair. <laughs> oh, Wait, so that's. Laser just, comb. just read her response again for one second. I just wanna hear it again. It's true! <laughs> yes, it's true. Lasers in the movies are usually bad news, but I assure you that they are completely safe. Also, your wife that. can. From it as well, I've used it on my hair and noticed an improvement in overall manageability. If you're interested in it, you have a place in joystick. She says that lasers in the movies are bad news. <laughs> like, who says, like, oh. it's like he's coming around in a leather jacket with smoke, uh, smokes rolled up in his sleeve. Here comes that laser again. 
It's bad news. I don't want you hanging out with that laser boy anymore. <laughs> they said, the lady said at the crib and said he's trouble. Oh, wow. Oh, that's crap. <laughs> okay, so laser come. You know what's sad? Oh, no. Nobody will hear this. I thought that I wrote it in such a way that it was so obvious that I was making fun of her. And yet... All right. That, to me, like, to, to my first and one of my favorite podcasts of all time, that is the number one bit that has stuck out in my mind after all these years. And uh, when I was originally, like, setting up this uh, Discord channel that we're part of for the purposes of podcasting, I originally named it just Project Lasercomb as like a, a joke and a, a callback to that bit from the Joystick podcast. And eventually I decided to just lean into it. I'm like, fuck it, Lasercomb Productions, why not? Why not? It works. It works. And it works. Initially, and I, I thought it was, I'm a fire in my laser. No. And I changed the, the spelling from laser to laser because of what Ludwig said. He's like, laser, or as it's pronounced, laser. <laughs> so, yeah. There you uh, have it. There you have it. That's that's the, the story of laser comb right there. Awesome. There we go. Yep. Uh, Lady Glitch, you yep. you have more questions, yes? Ah. I do. So this one's going to come from my one of my friends, Chad Moore. Hi, Chad. What's up? What's up, Chad? <laughs> yeah, he's a good guy. He's a fellow fraternity brother of mine, so he's a good soul. Nice. Is he On the a- Chad? No, he's not the Chad. There's other Chads. He's just a Chad, not the Chad. He's a Chad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. okay, which is the bigger Chad? Chadwick or Chadley? Chadwick. What do you what do you guys think? Chadley Chadwick or Bozeman. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Alright, this is gonna be another one that you have to sit back and think. On a scale of one to I have the high ground, where do you rate yourself as a pop culture nerd? Probably somewhere in the middle, I think. Mm-hmm. My rating is a sufficient amount of Energon. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that that's where I fall. In the in the scale of what was it? One to I, I have, have the high Yeah, I'm a sufficient amount of Energon. Yeah, okay. I would I would say four out of five war planets. Okay. I would say yeah. I would give it a that was easy enough. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Solid. Boom. Yeah, it's I, a very common rating system. Uh, I, I know lots of pop culture shit, obviously, like I pick up on a great deal of the references that, uh, (laughs) reboot makes, which the show this season, especially has literally just been like wall to wall, like references to other things to the show's detriment. I (laughs) would, I would point out, which I'll, we'll get into later. Um, but I, I'm definitely not like any kind of scholar about it i've just i i've watched a lot of movies i and tv shows i read about them in my off time we have our niches yeah right yeah like i might make dragon ball or at certain anime (laughs) references or which i'm generally um, oblivious to exactly and christopher's fear is in the greater like cinema right Mm -hmm. and then when it comes to musicals i'm like 
or whatever. So everybody's everybody has their little overlapping spheres. Right. Yeah. I think that's what's that is what makes us work so well as a quartet when we do these is as we can feed off of each other and bounce ideas. So it's just an ever evolving like throw of knowledge that we get off of each other. The quartet is four, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> you are learning now. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, so. that's why there's four quarters and a dollar. That is why <laughs> there are four quadrants in space in the Star Trek universe. That's yes. why they're stuck in the Delta Quadrant. And Delta is the fourth um, letter in the Greek alphabet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, the, the four quadrants are Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta. Gamma, Delta. We are learning so much today. Techno Gecko on Twitter, at TechnoGecko1, asks, here's a simple one that's probably been asked already. What's everyone's favorite reboot episode? And if you want, what's everyone's favorite reboot character? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I can answer this one really, really easily. Go for it. My favorite episode is uh, Talent Night. Yeah. Nice. nice. Um, it, actually, it's kind of a toss-up between Talent Night and Nullzilla. I, I adore those two episodes. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, my favorite character. It it's a boring choice, but Bob. I really like Bob. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mentioned earlier why I liked Bob. So there you go. Uh, Lady Glitch. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Uh, my favorite episode is Identity Crisis Part Two. Nice. Now wow. it wasn't. A you guys when you did that episode but the reason i like it the most is because dot like kind of comes out of her shell and she makes some big moves in her own character development progress and we see the end result of that she, she pretty much kicks ass and it leads right into season two with infected so she, she's just doing her thing and i can appreciate her for that and on the same wavelength's favorite character it's going to be a toss-up between dot and mouse if i can like hybrid those two together it'd be great but I love Not Andrea. She's my third. She's my third. But I love Dot's leadership. I love her growing as a character. With Mouse, I love her sassiness. I I, I am a big fan of Mouse, so yeah. I get yeah. it. She she's definitely up there for me. And she's so freaking smart too. Love it. And she's purple. So. Yeah. But Cal, doesn't meet people, know. as yes. far as we know. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow, we wah. Um, <laughs> even don't think I probably didn't see. It's weird because I have nostalgia for certain episodes, but I like them different as an adult. So when I was a kid, when the D and D episode came on, I was like, "Oh yeah!" And then I think we reviewed it, and I gave it a a, a sufficient a amount of energy on. A sufficient <laughs> amount of reboot. <laughs> uh, a sufficient number of energy shakes. Yes. <laughs> I think it's... Hmm. I won't answer because we're going to get into our favorite episodes and stuff mm -hmm. later. What my favorite episode is. Okay. But I think my favorite character 
is oh it's hard it's between hexadecimal and dot hmm. i think hmm. it's like when you're a kid you're like eh dot but yeah, wa- yeah. rewatching it as an adult i'm like man the the weight of the fucking world she is like shoulders like thicker than atlas oh, yeah, yeah she she is hands down the most capable character on this show mm-hmm. yeah I think it I think dot's deeper than hexadecimal. I think it's dot. Okay. I, I, like I think it. it's actually dot. She gets shit done. She's the easily the most capable character on the show. Shit gets so bad and dull. Yo, she thinks oh, everyone wow. she knows dies, but she mm-hmm. still fights and stays strong. It it's dot. It she's easily the best character. And Enzo the show is about Enzo, and it's almost Enzo, but I think a lot of people consider Matrix a different character than little Enzo. Mm-hmm. And if you consider them different characters, then it, then it has to be Dot. Right. Yes. Uh, uh, Senor Sniddler. Oh, man. Um, I'm just a huge fan of Reboot altogether. I think everybody here knows that. Um, yeah. <laughs> this news to me. I- it is it is a huge Mr. Talk, Alpha uh, talk, talk. rating himself. <laughs> I um I do give it that a lot. Um yeah, I, again we're going to be talking about this also in our top 5. Um uh, but there's there's um uh the Crimson Binome has to be mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes ever. Uh just the pirates just, you know, the swashbuckling adventures on the high energy seas, and um, and I'm gonna have to go with with. I'm gonna have to go with Dot as a favorite character because honestly, yeah, her go getter attitude. She's got like she's got a um, um. It's exactly what Cal said, basically, like weight of the world on her shoulders. She's basically just carrying it around, and no matter what you do, you can piss her off you can knock her down she'll always get back up she always mm. she always strives to be the best and she and it's like you said uh, uh glitch in uh in identity crisis part two where you know even when she she beat herself down so harshly and then she saw kind of like this alternate reality where she just gave up mm. and nobody knew her nobody everybody thought she was nullified everybody you know and uh, she still managed to dig herself out of that pit. And I think um, um, there are other reasons for liking other characters, but I think that that's that's one that I can agree with everybody wholeheartedly on. Yeah. Is Dot Matrix being? I dig it. Probably yeah, one of the best it. characters. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. There we go. Yeah. All right, Do we, we gotta any more Q. We do. We have a few I, questions from uh, Sasha on Twitter. Sasha, the SHSL indecision oh, monkey. Yeah. What the hell does SHSL mean? Does anyone know? Got me. I don't know. Uh, uh, they have a few questions, so I'm just going to kind of Super high there. school level. The, you're a fan of Danganronpa? Hey, indecision. I, I'm a huge fan of Danganronpa, too. Hello, I had no idea that's what that meant. Oh, well, there you go. Or it may mean stupid head, so leave. Uh, I, I do, I, there, there, 
I, I do like the fact that their Twitter handle is at bemused horseman. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I love that. That's comical. Um, they have horseman. several questions, so I'm just going to kind of rapid fire. Well, rapid yeah. fire the responses. Yeah, let's do uh, it. The, uh, they say they'll start with the obvious one. What would you have wanted out of a true conclusion to season four? Um, I don't know. That I know that's not a very satisfying answer, but uh, what would I have wanted it to end with? Um, if if there was a season like... five of reboot, what would you have wanted out of that? Oh, what would I have wanted out of it? It to be a little bit it to have the feel of season one mm -hmm. with a climax similar to season two but a, a satisfying it being resolved satisfyingly mm -hmm. like a, a, do you know what i mean like there being yeah. like a, a a danger to the system and it being resolved more quickly than two whole seasons was, mm -hmm. which is what it took seasons right. two conflict to to resolve so yeah. the feel of season one but with an with an amping up like danger and then beating it. Um I feel like uh Gigabyte is a good example of that. Mm -hmm. There's a web creature, he's a danger, they try to get him, he's trying to merge the two the the two viruses together and they deal with it. I I something like that would be st a standalone mainframe adventure. Screw the net and the web, keep it in mainframe. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when you open it up to more things outside of mainframe, it just gets complicated. Yeah. So we bring bring it back to the simplicity of season one before you start adding a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. We could still have Crimson Binome and, and Ray Tracer. They okay. they wander, right? But not every episode. It's also much Same like maps. Map. It's also fluid. Yeah. Uh, who wants what to go next? I would like to see Bob and Dot actually get married. <laughs> In a real ceremony with real Bob. Um, yeah. Eradicate the viral evil. Shit goes back to normal. And then, you know, they, they, they have their little party and the cameras pan out to all of mainframe and then the screen goes black. Boom. Okay. Oh, like a finale. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm okay if that's the very end. Yes, episode. the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, I dig it. Yeah. That uh, would also Megabyte and Bob, like, have their fight. Like their real fight fight. Fisticuffs. Yes. <laughs> Nunchucks. I feel, I feel I'm satisfied <laughs> with the fisticuffs and the ass whooping he got. Yeah, I <laughs> from, from, I don't think... from Matrix. Yeah. 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 Uh, Sniddler, what about you? Sniddler. Uh I'm kinda with uh with Glitch on this one. I uh I think um I think if everyone just a satisfying ending, everyone everything's alphanumeric. End credits. And mm -hmm. Prague. I uh, yeah. We can I, make all of our, our our three ideas work, right? Yeah. And yeah. Ends, you know, like the, the second to la the penultimate episode, or maybe the the, the episode before that, have mm -hmm. the the climax and the, the danger resolved and then wind down with the last two episodes, ending with them and getting we see married. What the characters do or what they're going to be doing. Like Mouse could literally get into ship and go to another system or with the Crimson Binome. Yeah. 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 No, they they make another a saucy mare. Saucy yeah. mare too. Yeah. <laughs> there also, you go. I think also uh next question from uh Indecision Monkey, the Mused Horseman. 
Uh, also, considering the sheer number of references in the original, what kind of modern things would you want them to reference in uh, the reboot? Games based on thinly veiled parodies of modern games, whole plot references to recent movies, yeah, or should they keep it timeless classic 90s? Uh, I'll go first. I'd love to see them actually like directly play a game that's influenced by Metal Gear. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I think like staying with the times would be kind of cool. Um, it would be kind of cool to see some flashbacks, uh, but it would be kind of. It would also be awesome to like see like, you know, being the um, being the the ones that fire back in Call of Duty, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And see cool. reboot like actually tackle like the concept of like MMOs and multiplayer yeah. online multiplayer games. That's that could be what really it would interesting. get interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have like a straight out, uh, just you know, just try try to avoid like direct references to Fortnite, and like no, nah, fuck it, throw <laughs> that shit in there too. Have Enzo like Fortnite dancing, <laughs> yeah, why not? And then Bob be like, Bob oh, and like put his hand on his like forehead, and that's it. Because because remember, Enzo. he's supposed this to is be a, a kid. Remember, yeah, this is yeah. a television show for children, so of if course. you're making it now. You want to put things in there that, like, sure, like, longtime fans will like, but you want to put things in there that kids are going to connect with. So Fortnite dances, yeah, yeah they'd be all over that shit. Oh, yeah, and, it, right. and if, we gave, if we gave our characters, like, social media, like, what would social media do in mainframe? Well, it's weird because they're, they're part of a system. They're not... Well, it, it depends. Uh, is this a different universe, right? Or are they, like, literally in a computer and they are NPCs in video games, right? In which case, they wouldn't really interact with social media, in my opinion. Yeah, it's like the, the inner work. Part. It's like the inner workings of your computer's hard drive, essentially. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Which um, social media doesn't really... Yeah. Right, they have television and radio, and so, so who knows? Can like, like, the TV became a flat screen? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> thing new and improved mike the tv <laughs> um now here's the thing two, two christophers and it sounds like we're all in agreement it would have to be modernized but i think like the majority of the nostalgia fans christopher and i go into detail about the problem with the fandom is the fans um <laughs> they would all hate that yeah. they would all hate cod and halo references they'd hate like yeah. modernized MMO like references to WoW or Final Fantasy or whatever they want it to stay like routed in the past. So again, it depends who the show is for. Everybody hated the Guardian Code mm -hmm. for two reasons: one, it's not great, but two, no. it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not meant for Christopher. It's not, me Lady it's not meant for us. It's like, not meant it, for uh, us. Again, like to what I was saying, this is a children's show. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the Guardian Code sucked. Like. I, I'm not going to dispute that. I, I've said that myself. I've watched like yeah. the first like six episodes or so. The show's fucking terrible. Kids but they like at it. least they at least <laughs> they tried something. And uh, like yeah. like I said, it, it's a show for kids. Like they they can't they can't expect children nowadays to watch a show that people in their mid thirties watched in the mid nineties. Like kids aren't kids aren't going to be into that. They need to do something to try and appeal to children nowadays. That's yeah. what they tried with the Guardian Code. They 
failed and fell flat on their face because the that, show got canceled after one season. But and that's why yeah. I think it's okay to just put things to to bed. Agreed. Uh, um, you're not that, gonna. That's it. That put actually it bed, ties bro. into the to the the next part of uh, Bemused Horseman's question. What would you prefer to have? Finish the original story, make the third movie of season four, or be done with it? Or make a completely new, yet faithful, reboot, reboot, perhaps in a new system in modern times that sees the event of the original series as ancient history to them? Um, I'll, I'll start off with this one. Uh, leave it alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if you're your opinion, because they want to hear our take on the new season, uh, it's... It's over. <laughs> yeah, leave it alone. Leave it alone. It, it's it's a show from like twenty five plus years ago. Like we're we're having a blast talking about it week in and week out, but like it's done. It's over. Uh -huh. They tried to bring it back. None of you liked it. So, what are you gonna uh, do? If you want to try and bring the property back, there's no way you can make it any kind of sequel to the original show. You need to like completely reinterpret it for modern for a modern audience and for to reflect modern technology, which then like would it even really be the same show? No. So what's the point? You'd have to remake it and then everybody would hate the remake. Yeah. So what are you gonna what are you gonna do? So we have a we it sounds like we're all in in agree in agreement. Yeah, on, yeah. On I'm bracing for the down votes on this video. We briefly talked about like, oh, they make us Aussie Mare too. And, you know, the Crimson Bynum goes away and they get married and all that stuff. But realistically, like Bon Voyage, it's kind of like um, Sniddler and I are huge fans of Firefly. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's gone. And somehow the stars aligned and Serenity was made. And it is good for the fans. It didn't do great box office but the fans love it yeah just leave it. it if you did make another season of firefly it would it wouldn't be good it would not be good yeah so it's it's one of those things where just sayonara let it let it be it has lived in its it, its place was in the 90s in our in our hearts as children and yeah that's where i leave it and because like reboot is bait like it's based around technology of its time. It's inherently kind of dated. Yeah. And if you and modernize it, it's not. It, it's not if you, yeah, if you modernize it, it's not the same thing. So, like, what's what's even the point? Yeah. <clears throat> if you're if you're going to try and take that concept and, like, make it contemporary, like, just do your own thing with it. Might as well make something new. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then when people review it, and if it's good, they can say, oh, this reminds me of Reboot. <laughs> right? Like, you can, yeah. oh, this reminds me of The Matrix. Oh, this reminds me of whatever, like, show. It can be reminiscent, and it can have, like, you know what? It can have pulp culture references to Reboot. Have all yeah, that. That, 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 that would be fun, yeah. I'd love yeah. to see, I, I, I'd love to see Reboot actually referenced in something contemporary. Mm -hmm. Like right. that, that would be a joy. That would be sweet. Like character just saying alphanumeric. Why not? Yeah, 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 yeah. that would be cool. Or you but, know how people name inanimate objects like cars or whatever. Somebody like yeah, slaps yeah. their old like like tube Cadillac. TV and they're like, ah, oh, good old Mike. They or they like yeah, yeah, slap yeah. the hood on their like classic red Cadillac and call it Bob. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Lady Glitch, did you have any more questions? Yes, I've got two personals and one group. I'll do my personals first. Sure. These will be real quick. Um, my friend Carolyn Shea, she lives up in the Northeast uh, in the States. So hi, Carolyn. What's up? Uh, she asked me personally, would you ever move back to the Orlando area? Now, I lived in Orlando before I moved up here to Savannah for a couple of years, worked in the theme parks. And that is a huge no. I would never move back to Orlando because everybody is moving there and it's oversaturated. Y'all are full. Get out. Yeah. And Sorry, Northeast. Victoria. <laughs> like stop moving here people so Plus, it would be good if it had a million less people million less people and was like a lot less expensive because yeah. house housing oh, sounds rent. like here that's that's victoria yeah yeah <laughs> and if i would have known that in 2017 before i moved down i wouldn't have moved down <laughs> yeah uh, my second question is, do you think you are done with the Run Disney series? Now, for everyone listening or watching, I do run races, half marathons, marathons, etc. And the Disney um, parks had a running series called Run Disney. They still have it, although it's not quite as elaborate as it once was maybe four, five, six years ago. So I was very involved in it from 2013 to 2018. And it was kind of my identity. And after I did my races in 2018, I'm like... my Turn on investment is not what it used to be. The races were a lot cheaper back in the day. And they became very oversaturated with how many runners they would take in for um, their, their maximum allotment. And that number just kept growing. And unless you are in one of the first couple of corrals when they launch at the beginning, you're literally walking most of the course because the roads are so narrow and people are not, there's a variety of speeds with the runners. So you're either cruising along and then you get stopped by a wall of people because people don't understand runner's etiquette. Um, yeah. Yeah. Athletics etiquette is a thing. It is Philistines. Yes. Um, so I'm very much done with run Disney. I haven't done it in three years. I've got my metal rack out there on my wall. It's just like, these are all my pretty achievements. My medals look great. And I have all these wonderful memories. So it, it can rest. Why are they so expensive? Because it's Disney. It's uh, well, there's a run series, so you have different weekends throughout the year. You have regular marathon weekends in January, Princess in February. You've got Star Wars, Light and Dark Side on two different coasts that they used to have. Wine and Dine in November. Um, and then they would do like Disneyland Paris for an international run. So it was a whole huge thing. But Christopher, Aiden. Um... And and listeners, um, Google how much it is to join your like local marathon and yeah, be Race. shockingly amazed. Yeah, races are how much you have to pay to yeah. run in the run street with a group, run <laughs> run with the bulls. <laughs> yeah, even if it's not run Disney, like races are expensive, and I it's, cannot it's imagine. Ever paying for such a thing. I fall on that. I'm a stingy ass. My work would offer to like pay for half of it. And I'm like, only half? (laughs) 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 Paid $45 to join a marathon. Oh, but you, we got team shirts. Then definitely no. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's like the bigger the race is, the, the, sometimes, sometimes the more expensive it is, but also depends on who's running it. Now, if I'm doing one of the world marathon majors, I'm doing Chicago in October. Sometimes the prices are like minimal compared to other races. Like I think I paid 200 USD for Chicago, but New York and Boston are in the 300s. It's, wow. it's nuts. So. Audio listeners, I just dramatically walked off screen. 200 <laughs> USD to run in the street. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect the people that like do it, but like, wow, will we wow. Yeah, well, I've got Victoria Marathon on my sites for next year, so hopefully you're island. You're not going to be shoulder-to-shoulder tripping people. Good, good. I need I need a race where I can, like, move. It actually goes through some nice areas near the water and, and stuff. Yeah, I saw the course map. It's It looks good. Yeah, uh, and I think you have one more question. I that. do. Thank you, Cal. Thank you. And this actually comes from my friend Daniel, who lives in Ottawa. Ottawa? Yes. Wow. Wait, you have other Canadian friends? I How do, da- actually. How dare you? has friends. <laughs> and this one's pretty simple. So how were you introduced to the show, and what did you think of it? Ah. Uh. Uh, I've gone on record about this before, but uh, mm. sure, why not? Um, uh, back in uh, like in the lead up to the fall TV season of 1994, I my mom had a like fall preview issue of TV Guide, which I read because mm. I was that kind of kid. <laughs> um, and there was like a little like half page like write up with a little picture of Bob in like his race car gear from the second episode. And I'm like, uh, my nine-year-old self was like, oh, this sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. So I checked out the first episode on YTV when it aired. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's airing on this day. So I'm like, sweet, I'm gonna go watch it. And I did. And I'm like, the show's really cool. And kept watching it. Sweet. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, I I was eight years old. It was 1994. I uh, caught it on the premiere, um, where the first two episodes aired back to back on YTV. Uh, I was my parents were out. Uh, I had a babysitter, <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know. She was like, "Hey, do you want to watch some TV before you go to bed?" And I was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." And so I turned on to the listing, seeing what's on. Back when that was. A thing, an actual channel dedicated to the listings. Um, channel two, at yep. least that's what it was in Nanaimo. I don't know about. Uh, I think it was like Channel yeah. Ten for me. Mm. But uh, yeah, and I say this like I I didn't know anything about, it, never heard of it in my life. Just I see reboot on YTV, and I was like, "That's on YTV. That sounds cool." I turned to it, and it was starting, and it was the whole like I come from the net, you know, and it's kind of going through. And I was just like. What is this? The intro can by, grab kids really easily. <laughs> I was just like, "Holy crap!" Like that was that was you know, me and the babysitter alike were like, "This show is fantastic." What? What even is this? So well, after, CGI like, was very was such a rarity at the time that it was oh, yeah. very striking. Oh yeah, when you actually Bad. saw it. So when you see good '90s animation, it was mind yeah. blowing. Yeah, 
Yeah, it wasn't um, in sectors here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was my first time. It was like uh, I was on the original air date, and uh, I uh, completely by accident. But uh, you know, stars aligned. Much like how I discovered Beast Wars. Yeah, I liked the show so much that my grandmother uh, caught wind of it, and she started taping it for me on VHS every nice. week when it came on so i still have them um like pretty much season do they have three the in them sorry do they have the commercials in them yep oh i remember the story they don't because his grandma would pause they they the did they do up to a certain point in like season two where she started pausing for the commercials and then oh, okay yeah Dude, so up to a certain I, point like 1994 commercials 1998 commercials Dude, um, I I have a functional VCR. Me too. You need to bring that shit over here. Oh, dude, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Amazing. And just uh, to watch commercials from the mid-90s. just watch commercials. There's like Kraft dinner commercials, old Batman commercials, like yeah, just yeah, Power Rangers nice. toys. You know, yes, awesome. And uh, yeah, so huge blast from the past. This one. So yeah. Okay. That was it. Uh, who else has got an answer for? I do. Yeah. You do, yeah. Yeah, hi. Um, hi. I, I discovered, discovered it on Toonami back in 99, fell in love with it, and that that's really about it. <laughs> and there you go. What um, about you, Mr. Neal? You were a bit older, yeah. Uh, my cousins and siblings and I um, are all, like, outside, like, riding bikes kids. So I probably didn't catch it till like, 95, 96, or something like that. And... We were never like, oh, this is on. And we'd go and watch at a certain time. So we'd just piece it together here or there whenever we did happen to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cal was, like, was not a nerd like like uh, the rest of us. Wasn't a fucking <laughs> like, nerd. Us of the lesser <laughs> gods. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, and, um, but yeah, pieced it together like here or there. Uh, the, the fun part about season one is you can just watch an episode. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. Um, and then it started breaking apart and I stopped following it because I wouldn't see every episode of like season two and three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I tried to get reinvested in season three because I loved Matrix. But I mean, sometimes you just want to go and like ride bikes instead. Yes. And, you, and I'd forget about it and like whatever. I, so, I was never that, that kid. <laughs> I didn't give a shit about riding bikes. I, I was like I, I was like kid. the new hype. Give like give me the new hype show, damn it. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's so many of us that just we would catch because I got two cousins and two siblings, and we just catch it on air like randomly. Yeah. And we all liked, we all loved it. We all liked all YTV stuff. Uh oh, yeah, yeah we were a big fan of Uh oh. Keep it weird. Yeah. Yeah. Our final question comes from a Twitter user Octane Alpha. This is specifically for me and Cal because this is War for Cybertron Kingdom shit. Thoughts on the Autobot arc appearance and the Galvatron and Nemesis defeat. Contrived plot convenience slash plot armor? I think so. It feels like they were running out of time and had to wrap things up quickly. Um... We talk a little bit about this on episode 50 of Too Much Energon, and this is a multi 
heart question. So I'm just going to like kind of fire off like quick yeah. thoughts. Uh, I thought the Autobot arc showing up and trans, I pr presumably like you're talking about it transforming in episode five. Uh, spoilers, I guess. It's on Netflix. It's free to watch. Go fucking watch that show. It's good. <laughs> it um, um, I thought it was really cool, uh, but the show kind of just drops it immediately afterward. Like it has, like they're and like they indeed they go back to Cybertron in episode six, and they have this like big like hulking like ship that's like a big like hulking Titan class transformer that they don't bring into the battle for some reason. It's kind of weird. Uh, yeah, um, uh, yeah, agreed. Um, really cool when it showed up, but like they're just throwing everything at the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. And it didn't feel like earned, and it didn't feel like it was leading up to that. So I, I think it's kind of Deus Ex. It was, Deus yeah, it, yeah. It was kind of just a quick it's way cool. to resolve to resolve the uh, the the threat of the nemesis. It's cool, but eh, yeah. It it yeah. was just there to resolve the threat of the nemesis, which takes the agency out of the characters helping themselves. So. Seeing giant robot, cool plot, didn't really lead up to it properly. Whatever. Next. <laughs> he says it feels like they were running out of time quickly and had to wrap things up. I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned on Too Much Energy on episode 50 that I feel like Kingdom should have been at least like 10 episodes. It feels, wow, does it feel like too much happens in each episode. It feels like it should be 10. So it, it moves very fast. I think the first few, like three episodes, are like actually like paced quite well, but then like the lat, the latter three are just like packed to the brim with shit happening. Much like Beast Wars, it feels like they're like, okay, we did this and this, all right. Oh shit, we have to tell these like two arcs of the story in like four episodes. Uh, go. <laughs> It feels like they crammed like eight episodes into the last four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all the questions. Thanks for everyone who asked. Right. Yeah. And uh, have a little uh, little something something for you. Yes. You've got a little uh, something, a little surprise. Little surprise. So there's a uh, for everyone who listens to the show and wrote in and asked a question as a special thank you, we're going to do a little raffle here. And what you're going to win is one of the new alphanumeric t-shirts. Not this one, but the one with the brand new show art that you saw at the beginning of this episode. So Sniddler's already uh, shaking it up. Sniddler's doing the draw of everyone who commented. Yep. Ooh. He's doing it. Oh, who is it? Okay. Completely okay, unbiased. Completely, completely unbiased. <clears throat> yep. Look at this. It's all the same. All the paper is the same. Here we go. You ready? Yes. All right. Who is it? Dun, 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 dun. Octane Alpha. Hey. Oh. Hey. Look Whoa. at that. Octane Alpha. I'm going to. Yep. Before this even goes uh, live, I'm going to reach out to you on Twitter and ask for your contact info so I can send you a t-shirt. So, congratulations. Do you want to hear more Lasercomb content each and every week? 
Is one episode each of too much Energon or alphanumeric simply not enough? Then boy do I have a solution for you. Go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B, where starting at a mere $5 per month, you get literal hours of bonus preamble audio each and every week, access to the Lasercomb Discord, monthly shoutouts, and more. At the $10 and up tier, you get our weekly weird news show, Lasercomb Tonight, as well as our Too Much Energon spin-off, Too Much Galavar, where we talk about the monthly IDW 2021 Beast Wars comic book. Yeah! At the $25 tier, you get all of that, plus our monthly Too Much Commentary commentary track, a free t-shirt, and more. Support Lasercomb tonight, today. Uh, so that was the, the Q&A uh, segment. Um, we're kind of getting a little uh, pressed for time here, so... I was going to say, should we maybe wrap it up? Because we're, we're already pretty long. Or do we want to... What do you, do you, what do you guys think? Speed let, review. Let's speed just go, review. Let's go yeah. through it quickly. Um, overall thoughts about Season 3. Uh, I'm going to... I'll start with this. I I think season three started off really strong. Mm -hmm. But, and this kind of occurred to me recently as I was combing through old episodes, uh, looking for like little sound bites for the new intro that the show started with. Um, I think in the show's attempt to be go like all like grimdark, like reboot kind of lost a lot of its charm. And I don't think the, and like the, the show like gets like kind of dark and edgy as it goes on, especially like when Enzo and Andrea grow up, but it like, it's not even like dark and edgy in like a mature kind of way. It's actually like, ironically, it's, it's more juvenile than the first couple seasons of reboot. Cause it's because like it's trying to be edgy. It's trying to be edgy. And it's trying to be like, quote unquote, mature. So it's like, we have like, now Enzo is like, oh, Enzo's like the, this big, like buff badass. And he's wearing a leather jacket with the sleeves torn off. And he's got a robot eye. Might as well be a fucking robot arm. And he's got a gun at his side. And his belt is a chain. I mean, you're just describing Snidler's favorite part of wanting to be Matrix. <laughs> And he's got a hot babe in a fucking bikini top at his side. Like, it's... It's just... Yeah. It's it's very adolescent. Which it's so edgy, you'll cut yourself watching it, yeah. Which, when I was 12, 13, I thought it was the hypest shit ever, but as a man in my mid-30s, I'm like, this isn't really... Like, this isn't really the show getting more mature. This is the show in a weird way getting less mature okay In interesting take um yeah. Yeah. what is the sniddler review of season three uh sniddler review of season three is um it's uh alphanumeric no it's um <laughs> I, I i agree with christopher it's kind of started strong it kind of did this we're like you'd have a really good episode here and then the next one would just be like total filler where nothing really happens, nothing really drives the plot, and then you have it go lower, <laughs> rather, and then you have episodes like "Hello Cat," 
as a cat in here. Aww. Hello uh, Cat is my favorite episode. Yeah, oh, <laughs> so, so the Hello Kitty episode is just amazing. Um, <laughs> no, the uh, the Star Trunk episode uh, it was just, I don't even know why I'm mentioning it. Um, and then, you know, like, so it's kind of like it starts strong, everything is filler, and then at the last couple, it's just like, hey, this is where, hey, we won. We won. Roll credits. Uh, so overall, like, obviously, I love the season. I just uh, think some of it was just a little unnecessary. It was just, yeah, that's my take on season three. All right. No. Um, Lady Glitch? I will um, agree with Christopher and Aiden that it starts out strong. Um, there is a lot of filler. I feel like season three could have been done in 12 to 14 episodes instead of 16. It's because it just drags out certain things like Matrix Andrea Adventures in the Web. It's just like, let's get it. Why are we spending half of the season in the web? Get, come on, get out of there. Season three is the longest season of the series. It doesn't need to be 16 episodes. They could have done this in like 10. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but I'm going to go opposite of what Christopher said. And when you really dig into season three and you start studying the characters, you find that I personally find it to be the more mature season than seeing it become more immature. But it's just the point of view that I've taken when analyzing these episodes. Yeah. And then when you start piecing together what you find here in season three with how the characters behaved and acted in one and two, then it kind of, a lot of things start to make sense and then you can just kind of trace it back. Some things come full circle. Yeah. So there we go. Here's me. The thing I also want to point out too is, and I, I alluded to this earlier and when I was talking, when I was just like giving my overall thoughts, like it kind of slipped my mind, but the show leans far too heavily in uh, referencing shit in this season. Like the the whole series like has had like pop culture references peppered through, but like this season has like straight up episodes dedicated to just like basically being episodes of other things. There's the fucking star trunk episode. There's the prisoner episode. Like it's, it's too much, man. Like the, the show kind of, the show kind of loses its identity at that point for me. By having way too, you can't have like, man, a whole episode where they have like almost like every other line is a star Trek line. And they even have a Vulcan and Oh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, um, number seven, which is literally just an episode of The Prisoner. Yeah, <laughs> and like there's deepness to it and stuff like that, but it's completely derivative, which takes away, yeah, what they want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess I'm the only one left. Uh, yes. What I thought of third season three. Oh, you. Season three introduces like shooting people in the head, punching megabyte, um, chicks with abs, dudes with muscles. I this was different, but I I like it. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> it's different for like if if you don't compare it to see season one or or two or whatever, and it's 
you you take it as like it's like its own thing and it is different and you might think that's bad or you might think that's good or i'm just kind of like they they like chicks with abs and like dudes with biceps and here we go here we go and shooting people why not it is what it is yeah (laughs) All right, and uh, the the final thing for uh, this for episode forty of Alphanumeric is we're gonna gonna rapid fire count off our top five favorite episodes of the season. So, uh... Lady Glitch, what's your number five? My number five is Game Over. That's my number four. That is on my list lower down. So, okay, yeah, that is not on my list at all. Uh, Chris, Christopher, are we doing the thing where we wait to all talk about it when it goes further down? No, nah, let's just talk about it when it comes let's up. So, La- Lady Glitch, what do you like about uh, Game Over? Um, Game Over for me is I actually had to I had to sit down and think like, how am I going to compare this to another episode, which I'll talk about in a bit. But it, it's a great transition into what's going to happen to Enzo and Andrea at the end of the episode. We see Dot um, being, you know, command calm Dot. She's, she's doing that thing that I like and stepping into that leadership position. And we also start to see, like, the throat, like, what Megabyte can really do. And, like, he, he's there. He's ready to kick some ass. Yeah. So it, it's just a solid episode for me. Okay. That, yeah, that I, I really. Everything. It's a turning point. Yeah. yeah. I, I give a lot of um, props to that episode, uh, mostly because of one one little scene in particular where like Andrea is like trying to comfort uh, mm-hmm. uh, Frisket as Enzo is about to lose the game. It actually yeah. made me tear up. So Aww. this episode, uh, this episode actually like it, it 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 earns a lot of goodwill from me yeah, just for that reason alone. It has the hack and slash uh, humor scene with Cyrus in the pits. Mm. That it kind of balances. That, that, that's business. funny. Yeah, that's it number balances. two on my list. Game over. Oh wow! Like yeah. I, I think that's also. I, I think the fighting game is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The user is pretty badass looking, but it, it's shocking to the viewer because you're like, wait, no!" And then when he gets like the the um, <laughs> Literally decapitated. His yeah, you're like, off. and you're like a child watching this, and you're like, yeah. is he fucking dead? <laughs> so yeah. it's that's a really important episode for me. That's that's number yeah. two on my list. Okay. Um, Snidler, you're number five. Number five is Firewall. Not on my list. Not on your list. That's nope. cool. That one's that's my one. number. That's your number three. I liked, uh, um, um, I don't know. I just liked it. It was cool. James Bond references, um, mm-hmm. Wacky Races references, all the references. And, Run along uh, now, it, man talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, exploding toilets. I just thought it was hilarious. There's some, some, some memorable, some memorable scenes in that. I just really, really liked. Yeah. The one, the one in that episode that stands out for me is when they're hanging out in the principal office and Enzo's like all defeated and shit because propaganda. Mm. And Mouse chimes in with, "Well, in that case, Megabyte's won. He's defeated the you know the defender of the system with words." Yeah. 
And then they start introducing the concept of a firewall, which is obviously a very technical computer aspect in the real world. It's like, hey, we're going to learn something today. So, yeah. Was this the episode that introduced um, the lingerie wearing hexadecimal? Yes. Yes. I should have put that on my list. That didn't make it onto your list. It, it is now <laughs> Neo Cal's number one. That's not her being like tortured and ah, dang it! I can't change my list now. <laughs> All right, uh, Cal, what is your number five? The episode with no name. Not nice. No. Great was, seeing um system that is, that's that functioning. Is, that is my number two. Number that's two. My num- that's um, my number three. And your number three, Lady Glitch? Yeah. No, no, it's not even on my list. Um, very quick. Um, it's a new system. It functions. Guardian. Uh, I think the next episode after that, we find out guardians are bad, and it's just, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Very Aladdin-ish. I, lo- I yeah. love westerns, so I like a lot of the, uh, I like a lot of the 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 western uh, themes, tropes, yeah. and motifs. And yeah. yeah, yeah, in that episode, I dig it. Uh, my number five is icons. That was my number four. That is very high, low, high. It's very close to mine. Uh, icons is actually my favorite. It's my number one. Oh, oh nice. wow! That yeah. one, all, that one also made it to my number four. Nice. It's on all of our list. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, despite what I said about like. The, the the show after Enzo and Andrea grow up. Um, I think that episode is a great introduction to them. It reintroduces them as characters and it kind of sets them off on this like kind of like Incredible Hulk quantum leap like quest of like going into a new situation with a new supporting cast, helping them fix their problems and better mm-hmm. themselves and then moving on. Yeah. Ziggy says we can't jump until we help the binomes be confident in the games. The supporting yeah. cast in that episode is also like really strong, like a lot right? stronger than they had any right to be. And we never like, I would have liked again. to have seen more of them and actually like hell, give them their own show. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, and he gives his yo-yo you know. to um the kid. Like it's Yeah. It's my when, when the sky goes through. His name says it all. Yeah. And when the sky goes blue at the end of that episode, it's like that symbolism of hope that there's going to be hope for this system. It's like, it makes me tear up as an adult. Yeah. They're praying Mantis Dinobot um, virus is gone. They don't have a guardian, but they feel they can enter the games. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. They'll be all right. Lady Glitch, uh, your number four? My four was Icons. Okay, so your four was icons. Yes. Um, Sniddler, what's your number four? Mine was also icons. All right, Cal, yeah. what was your number four? Mine was Showdown. Showdown, that's Ooh, my number three. That one's on my list. Oh, that, that one, is that, on one's, that one, that one is number one on my list. That yeah. that I've been waiting three seasons to see Enzo punch Megabyte yeah. in the fucking face. That's all I have to say. Yep. <laughs> that that uh, Megabyte and. Uh, Enzo fight was great, oh, yeah. surprisingly brutal. Um, I also love the the Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock reference oh, at the beginning. Star Trek oh, yeah. reference, it's really yeah. like that. That was a good was, way to reference Star Trek. 
Yeah. Um, and it's it's literally like one of the best moments in all of Star Trek history. One of the best and most emotional moments is the destruction of the Enterprise. The original and, Enterprise. And, and it's sailing and our, across the sky and Kirk being like, my God, Bones, what have what I have done? done? And, Bone, and Bones tells him, he's like, what you had to do, what you always do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, to a- end, Megabyte gets his. Yep. You know, he could have just been arrested or like beaten up and he was shown yeah. mercy. Instead, he's like, get fucked. And so when he tricked Mouse at the end of season two, and now Mouse yeah. tricks him and sends <laughs> him off to the web, it yep. that karma, like the feeling of like karma taking it took years, but Megabyte getting his is pretty fucking satisfying. And they they send him off to the web, like they trap yeah. him in the web, like that's that's it's it's fitting. It's the it's I, the the ending to it. Megabyte everybody wanted. So badly, yeah. Without turning half to death, without turning Matrix off. into what he he hates, without yeah. him having to murder. I mean, he shot people in the head. So, like, what's what's killing uh, one more virus? You know, yeah. if anybody, you know what? I don't think it would have been against his character to just fucking stab and kill him. It's true. I don't. I wouldn't view him as a lesser sprite. If he just murdered after Megabyte. everything that happened, he deserves it. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you're number three. Firewall. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snidler, you're number three. Episode with no name. All right. All Ooh, episodes we've name. talked about before. Uh, Cal, you're number three. Mega frame. And nice. my number. Oh, mega frame. Take it away. It's not on my list. Uh, anyone else's it. list? Nope. Uh, everyone's reintroduced to each other. That is true. Uh, that that's it. That is true. <laughs> I they go back. Everyone's yep. introduced, and and uh, Matrix Dot realizing that Bob and Enzo are alive, and mm-hmm. they're they're acting and, and CG, but they they animate these emotional scenes like oh. so well. So that's it. I, that is true. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Uh, Lady Glitch, your number two? Number seven. Not, Not on that. Oh, all right. Oh. Well, on a personal note, that was the first episode I got to do with you guys, so yay. Um, but, but for me, it's, it's diving into Matrix's psychology. And it, listeners, if you need to go back and rewatch that episode where I dive into it, we dive into it, please do so, because there's a lot to unpack. So what what I love about it is that we find that it's not just Matrix that has all of this unraveling to do, but it's also Andrea, too, when she takes on the form of hexadecimal. So, Wasn't it inside his head? Oh, it's just his, um, you know, his stuff and things. <laughs> That's yeah, because he got he got he got knocked out because he got hit in the head with a yeah. Ball. That's his projection of Andrea if she were hexadecimal. Mm-hmm. You're right. That this this layers <laughs> a lot of layers. So that's what attracted me to this yeah. episode because it makes you think. You can't just sit down. Well, theoretically, you could sit down and just watch it, but it's more fun to like pick at everything. There, and there's more to, make- to it than just physical action. Exactly. Yeah. 
rediscovering mainframe, quote unquote. So. Sniddler, yeah. your number two. My number two is to mend and defend. It's my number one. That's nice. my number one. Ooh. Wait. That's your I, that's uh, your number one. Wow. Awesome. Um, I'm just gonna leave the floor to you guys. My number one was icons. Okay. Oh, which we've already right. discussed. So yeah. take take it away. Is uh to mend and defend on your list, Cal? It's not. Oh, all right. Cool. Um, I got a lot of hype for this episode. Yeah. Actually, uh, Sniddler, you take it away. Sure. Yeah, it's probably uh probably about almost the same stuff. Uh, we uh we 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 see uh the whole different beginning. We see Enzo as a guardian. We see um an awesome game. That's this really really memorable one for season three. Um, Evil Dead game, malicious corpses. We see the book. We see the Evil tree. Doom. We see evil doom exactly um yeah we see a really really sexy dot matrix and fish net fish nets and uh you know you, you know what i forgot that that was the episode i thought yeah. that was season two for some reason well, take you know what take out my number five which is episode with no name <laughs> and slide this one into my number one too. <laughs> okay all right this is my number right. one as well <laughs> uh yeah so that um so to mend and defend like it, it's a great episode and like it was the the first new episode of reboot in like a couple of years at that point which was yeah. really exciting for me when i was 12 uh, was so jump in an significant jump in animation quality oh, is yeah. like just yeah. shocking um the game is like really fucking hype and yeah. it's also the first time we actually get to see enzo like really coming into his own and <laughs> actually leading the charge and being the guy saving the day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bounce off of that for a second. And it becomes more analytical while being in games, even though dot is kind of guiding him along a little bit. It is mainly Enzo, as you mentioned, saving the day. Mm -hmm. So he starts yeah. to develop that like yeah. point of view when it comes to, leading and guiding in games and trying to get everyone else around him to do what they need to do to be successful. Yeah. He he's learning on the job and you know what? He's actually like, he's figuring it out. Exactly. He's not, he's not failing at it. Mm -hmm. Even when people aren't listening to him, he just goes, Oh, okay. And he goes with the flow mm -hmm. instead of getting like angry and dwelling yeah. on it like too long. He does need emotional support. When he's this young guardian, but he's he's getting there. Um, right. and for the first time ever, Frisket doesn't save the day. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> yeah. He'll be back chasing Knowles in less than a cycle. <laughs> yeah. Cal, what was your number two? Oh, my number two. I. Right, right, right. My number two was game over. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, which we already talked about. Uh, Lady well, sorry, Glitch. Because I changed things. Icons. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Lady Glitch, your Are number one? My number one was to mend and defend. To mend and defend. Sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, Sniddler, your number one? Showdown. Showdown, which we already Showdown talked was about. My, it was my number one. Uh, Hell yeah. All right, so that's our, that's our top five. <gasps> we did it. It's like, for the most Wait. part, other than a couple of outliers, it's this like like mishmash of the same episodes so 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that speaks volumes to yeah. the. Uh, and we did the... not consult each other before we made our lists. So. No. Yeah. Some true. of us made our lists several days before recording. Some of us <laughs> made our lists five Literally. minutes before recording. Literally, <laughs> like me. Before. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? What are you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys. Bad Bob. Um. <laughs> bad Bob. Bad Bob. So that's episode forty of Alphanumeric. Um, we did it. We did it. We we finished did. season three. We did forty episodes of Alphanumeric, and that is a feat unto itself. It is. Um, and that being said, it's it's announcement time. Yes. We much in the same way there was a gap in time between seasons three and four of reboot as. So there will be for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be nearly four years, but uh, we're we're taking some time off. Uh, not from podcasting in general, just taking some time off from the show. Yeah. Uh, I got to be perfectly honest, like my my gripes that I that I mentioned with season three, like in a way of kind of like sucked the life out of the show for me a little bit. So I, I on a personal level, need to kind of step away from this for a little bit. Still going to be podcasting. Me and Cal are still going to be week in and week out doing too much Energon. Uh, we're going to uh, focus. We're going to use our hiatus on this show to focus, spend more time focusing on Patreon content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're, we're currently scheduling our second uh, Too Much Commentary monthly movie commentary track, and it looks like it's going to be The Room. Yes. So subscribe to us on Patreon to listen to that. Some uh, of us all... may have never watched it before. We'll let you figure <laughs> out which ones. Take it. Take it. We're also, uh, again, big shout out to our uh, $25 patron, uh, Kay also known as Game Sprite Mode. Uh, she uh, pitched us to talk about the show Dark Oracle last month, yes. which is one of the perks at the $25 tier, is you can pitch a show to us. Yes. And uh, we're going to do that. We're going we're gonna, to, in the coming weeks, sometime in the month of August, not sure when yet, but sometime in the month of August, we're going to cover the first episode of that show as a big thank you to, to her for all of her support. Um, yeah. I look yeah. forward to it. Looks weird. Yeah. I had never heard of the show, so and uh, and so we're yeah we're we're gonna get to that uh, in the near future. Um, still gonna be doing the the War Planets podcast on a like roughly monthly ish basis. In fact, if we're not doing this show for the next little while, we might even get finish that show up sooner than uh, expected. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, our patrons, uh, let's do a monthly shout out to our to our Patreon subscribers. Let yeah. me bring up let me bring up the the Patreon app on my phone here. There's and, so many uh, they're going to scroll across the screen right now on YouTube. <laughs> folks. Here they go. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how I find. You know what? I'm just going to do it on the, the site because <laughs> the Patreon app is uh, a very, uh, very simplified compared to the, the actual page. Right. Yeah. All right. So 
Here we go. Shout out. Monthly shout outs. Uh, shout out to our patrons. B, Louis Real Jr. K, as we mentioned. And Sir Z Cor Correct Corrector. I have a based on the spelling, I have a suspicion that might be a Cone Killer Confusor, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But if it is, let us know. <laughs> if you are a Cone Killer Confusor, let us know. <laughs> and uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash lasercomb, L A Z O R C O M B, you get uh, the aforementioned monthly Too Much Commentary track at the $25 tier. At that tier, you also get a t-shirt, the ability to pitch uh, uh, podcasting content to us. We have lower tiers as, and a bunch of other stuff. We have lower tiers as well. Uh, yeah. Starting at $5, you get weekly uh, preamble audio for all the shows we do. It's literally hours of content every week of us just like talking about random shit. A lot of the times it's also like planning like <laughs> upcoming shows. So yeah. if you want like a little bit of a spoiler of like what might what's to come, yeah. like that's 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 a good way of finding out. Um also gets you Discord access. Access to the Lasercomb Discord, which is a uh, a great way to to connect with us on a uh, directly. Uh at the ten dollar and up tier, you get uh our weekly laser comb tonight weird news show uh weekly yeah uh laser comb tonight our weekly weird news show where we talk about like dumb news stories we do one every week uh, there's a new one that's going up uh sometime probably around the same time this is going up um and you also get uh mine and cal's too much energon spinoff too much galivar where we talk about the monthly idw 2021 beast wars comic book so those are the tiers. There's also a $2 tier, which gets you to uh, basic pay. Uh, very, very bare minimum. It gives you Discord access to uh, to connect with us. And it gets you our thanks, which is the greatest gift of all, in my opinion. Seconds to money. Uh, speaking of <laughs> reaching out to us, uh, you can do that on Twitter. Uh, I there is the alpha new brand new alphanumeric uh, Twitter feed at alphanumeric pod, or you can follow me at lasercomb l e z o r c o m b. You uh, all have Twitter as well, yes. We've got the, we've got the twitters. Uh, you can follow me at neo underscore cal k a l, and you can follow me at lady glitch six one nine. You could follow me at uh, AP Sniddler on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Lasercomb. Spelled the same way that I've already spelled it, I think, twice now. So You just yeah. need a sign with, with it on, so you don't have to keep spelling it. Uh, what I need is a t-shirt that just says Patreon.com slash Lasercomb. There you go. Yeah, you should do that. In big, like... You are the t-shirt man, good sir. You should. I am that. the T-shirt man. Oh, he's the T-shirt yes. man. Yeah, I'm the T-shirt man. Follow him at T-shirt Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Snidler, it's what an OnlyFans this... is all about. Yeah, Snidler, yeah. <laughs> This is the the last uh, alphanumeric for uh, a little while. So, if you have anything you want to plug, now's the time. 
Um, I am um, facing some set of some setbacks, minor setbacks, but uh, I do plan to um, get uh, the Oldsmobile sessions back on the road. That's where every week I have a musician in the back of my car playing a set while I drive him around town. And uh, yeah, if you want to check out some of that, you said Oldsmobile session on uh, on YouTube. I'll also be sure to post some links on my Twitter. So yeah, keep your eyes open for that. And uh, yes, the rumors are true. I have started an OnlyFans account, but I don't have anything up there yet because I don't know what you people want to see. So <clears throat> let me know. Reach out to him at a. Let me know on Twitter. What what would you what would you want to see the Sniddler do? <laughs> what would you do for a Klondike bar? He will do anything if the money is right. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm going to make uh, a bunch of alt accounts and send you like really obscene requests. <laughs> oh my god! Here we go. Uh, uh, does anybody else have anything they want to plug? If you like uh, videos of baby deer and nature, you can follow me on TikTok at LadyGlitch619. I just posted a couple of uh, videos with pretty melodic backgrounds of little baby deer. So nice. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So cute. Uh, TikTok. Um, what it, it auto repeats like videos, so like videos where it's just like raining and there's like a still image and it's like windy are. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan of. Yeah, I'm a fan that's of why, nature. That's why I love sending you what I record. Mm -hmm. Is the snoozy time sessions for Cal? That's right. <laughs> well, I say this at the end of almost every show, but today it's actually true. We are running out of time. So uh, we're going to yeah, get out of yeah. here. <laughs> Usually that's just a line that I say as like a like thing, like, okay, let's wrap <laughs> things up. But we are actually on a time limit here. So uh, uh, we're, we're going to get going. Um, I have been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And I'm NeoCal. Oh. He's been NeoCal. I've, <laughs> I've been AP Sniddler. And I'm Lady Glitch. <laughs> and, and until next time. Until we come back. Um, Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing on Patreon. Thank you for buying t-shirts. Thank you for tweeting at what us. Thing? Thank thank you for asking questions. Thank you for retweeting shit about the shows we do. It this is legitimately like one of my dreams kind of coming true. So, and it wouldn't be possible without all of my co-hosts and yeah. everyone listening. So Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There, there's fan art of the jokes we've made on the show. <laughs> yes, true. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. Also, fan art. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pull it. I have it on my wall above my computer, and I'm going to pull it off of the wall and show it again. Is it Cone the... Killer Confusor? Air Doctor. Air Doctor. Air Doctor. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for. Thanks for doing that. So, uh, yeah, again, uh, until we come back, uh, it's been fun, and thank you. Well, that's our story from Gladiator Arena, Los Angeles, California. For Larry Zonka, I'm Mike Adamley. See you again next week for more exciting semifinal action.